like, my God, how far is this movie? <laughs> Complete silence. I was bombing. Put a condom on it. Like, I remember what he looked like. And I'm like, I'm going to wait till this motherfucker comes. You meet me on this. Look at the straight side. That's why I tatted. That's why that's tatted there. I'm like about to go. He goes, dude, 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 before we go on, this is really going to help you. Listen, go on there. You do good. You do bad. They'll forget about you when I come on stage. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I am excited. This is my first guest. I am super, super honored. I uh, We actually were already five minutes in and I completely f***ed it up because I, I, I didn't hit record. But just to know that uh, th I'm very excited and as, as you can tell, I'm very nervous. But I am with a man that I look up to. I know every single one of your lines when it comes to comedy. You have shared so much wisdom with me and I am uh, just super excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me into your home and being my first guest, Joe Coy. Eee. Thank you. Um, Joe, first of all, thank you for inviting me here. You, today, I asked you to be on the podcast, and you said, yeah, come over. We came in here. We set up. It was amazing. We were two minutes in, and I go, hold on. I didn't hit record, so we have to redo it. But we were just talking right now, the very beginning. We're talking about how you became a stand-up comedian and how, like, you, when you were a kid, uh, you realized at a very young age, around six, seven, yeah. that, that you wanted to be a comedian because your aunt Well, your I didn't mom, want to be a comedian. I just knew I was funny. So like, like, you know, there's kid funny and then there's just funny, right? Like when you, a kid walks into the room, it's oh, he's being goofy. He's running into the wall or whatever, right? Like I see kids now at like six or seven and I'm just like, okay, like it's not funny, but he's being <laughs> a kid funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I didn't know what a comedian was. I just thought comedian was a word you describe someone that is funny. You know what I mean? And then when I moved to Washington, my next door neighbor, same thing. My neighbors, like, I, that's another thing. Whenever I, because I was a military kid, so we would transfer schools a lot. And, and like, you get depressed because you're losing your friends. And then you get nervous because you're about to meet new people. But, like, for some reason, I had this excitement. And I always knew I was going to be the funny kid in the classroom. Never nervous. Never. Because I knew the minute I sat down in a classroom, I will be the funniest person in that room. Like, at the youngest age, I always knew that. Wait, no, was it like a, were you good in school that you had to no, overcompromise? I was horrible, but it was just like, I knew, like I switched so many schools, but every time I was about to go to school in my head, I'm like, I'm going to be the funniest guy here. I, by like, I'm going to have a lot of friends cause I'm very funny. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It was weird. So what, at what age were you, where you were like, Oh, this is, this is a cool thing I could be in and make money out of. So, so my friend, he was my next door neighbor, William and his, his brother, they always Right when I moved to Tacoma, they always said, oh, man, you're so funny, man. You're like a comedian. And, and I was just, what is that? Like, the, I've been hearing that. What is that? And I'm like, comedian, like Richard, like Richard Pryor, like blah, blah, blah. And they start naming them. And they're like, have you ever listened to Richard Pryor? I didn't, I didn't know what Richard Pryor was at that age. And they gave me their dad's audio tape. It was a tape cassette. And I remember just sitting in the room and listening to it like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like I had no idea what that was. Like, oh, this guy's on a stage with a microphone and telling jokes. Like this is, oh, okay, now I get it. Now I know what a comedian is. Your sister's friend recorded on a tape Delirious by Eddie Murphy. Uh, did, did you ask for that or did she just give it to you? No, he brought it to the house and I kept it. He, he recorded on VHS. Wow. Yeah. So it was kind of like meant to be. You were like, you're just following this path. That was later. That was later. Like, that was later on that year too. It was kind of like right around the same year when I got the audio cassette tape. Now I'm in love with stand up. So now I'm lo 
like I'm asking everybody for tapes. Like my dad would give me a Carlin tape and then, you know, now I'm just in love with stand-up. Oh, oh my, my friend, uh, Alan Portugal, but my, my mom's best friend is Margie Portugal. And they were kind of like, they had money. So they, they had like a video rental card. Like you had to have money to have a video rental card. This is before Blockbuster, right? Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so like back then, it was like you had to have kind of money to have like a video rental thing. There was no Blockbuster yet. There were like these privately owned places and, and they had one. And I remember going right to the stand-up comedy section and just grabbing Richard and Robin and getting all those videotapes. And then my sister's friend brought over Eddie Murphy's Delirious, his HBO special, and it was over with. It was a wrap. And I think I think the reason why, because like now I watch Delirious or I watch, I'll watch Raw, and it's like, it's not like a top. T- it, it is amazing. It's the most like to me. It was the most influential for everybody. You know what I mean? But like when you listen to the content, it's like, okay, yeah, it's it's not really brilliant. It's not Richard Pryor br- brilliant. But I think what people always forget is that Eddie was 20 years old. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. That's my son. You just met my son. He just walked downstairs. You saw him. Yeah, he, did. he was, he was doing little, jiu-jitsu. Yeah, but he's a little kid, right? Yes. He just took a 25-minute shower, right? <laughs> no, I'm being, no, I'm just saying. I'm not trying to be funny. That is on stage, you know what I mean? Yeah. Shooting an HBO special for millions of dollars. How did he do, get there get, at the age no, of 20? You get what I'm saying? No, no, I know so exactly like, what when you're you saying. Watch, when you watch it, you're like, okay, it's not, it's not like brilliant Richard Pryor, but it's like, this kid's fucking brilliant. Mm. He's 20 and he knows what the fuck he's doing. He's commanding the stage. He walks back and forth. So much confidence. He looks like he's 45 years old just in his, his the way he commands the stage. But I didn't know he was that young boy. until you said that. Yeah, he was 19 when he did Saturday Night Live. Then he shot his first special at like 2021. 20, that means he was running his routine at 20. So when you watch his specials talking about, you know, uh, you know Ralph Cramden or whatever and Norton and, and you see all these jokes and you're just like, okay, yeah, it's, it's whatever. But you got to remember he was 20. You know what I mean? Mm. When he talks about his Aunt Bunny falling down the stage. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's just, he's 20. He's a kid. You know what I mean? So it's brilliant. He's fucking brilliant. So I think that's why like a lot of comics my age, like, you know, we 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 gravitated towards him so much because here I am, I'm a, I'm a teenager and I'm watching a teenager mm. crush it and I'm relating. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Whereas if I were to watch Carlin, it's a lot like, okay, I don't know what politics are, but this guy's brilliant. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm 12. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but you're still brilliant. I'm laughing, but am I really consuming it? No. You know what I mean? Yeah, But I loved it. But like Eddie, I was consuming. I was consuming the mannerisms. I was consuming the way he commanded the stage, his confidence, his... You know, his look, you know what I mean? He was good looking and confident and sell every bit. Like it was. He was like the first rock star. He, was a, he was a rock star. Yeah. I mean, he had no shirt on. He was wearing leather. Yeah, no, no, for real. But like, it, it's crazy to even think that not only was he good. Yeah. He was an amazing performer. 
the hands down. He had a style to him yeah. that was like unmatched. Nobody was doing that. Yeah. And there was this certain level, and this isn't any industry you're in. When you have this type of confidence going yeah. into it, you could even be bad and yeah. still kind of be good because yeah. you're, you're confident. He walked around like he knew he was the greatest comedian to ever exist. Well, he is. So you do you think- Oh, to this day. Okay. To this day. Have you ever watched him live? Like, of course, I watched Raw live. I was uh, 15 when I saw Raw at the Seattle Coliseum. And it's just amazing. Two and a half hours of just sitting in the Coliseum and just watching this guy kill it. All leather again, all leather. I remember he had racing gloves on with a diamond ring on. It was just like, I was just in awe with this guy. Like, who the fuck is this guy? You know what I mean? Who took you to the show? Uh, I, I, this is before the internet. So I had to call. On the you know, Ticketmaster was was small. It wasn't even a big company, so it was Ticketmaster still. And then you had to phone it in, and you had to use your credit. You had to have a credit card, right? Wow. So you call the number in, and then it, here's the funny part: the operator has to determine whether or not that's the person's credit. You know, oh, this person, yeah, that that voice matches that credit card, so this <laughs> sounds legit. You know what I mean? And then, uh, and you sound old enough to purchase something like this. So, like, that's literally how they did shit back in the 80s. You know what I mean? 84. They didn't, it was up to the operator to determine, oh, okay, this sounds legal. All right, we'll take your credit card information. But I used my mom's voice, so I got it. You know what I mean? Like, No, you didn't. Yeah, I swear to God. That's fucking true story. Two tickets to Eddie Murphy, please. I no, did you all didn't. That. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. That's hilarious. Yeah, I got the two tickets. And then uh, you and go then with? I brought my best friend. My mom drove us there. She had no idea she was driving. She didn't even know what a she didn't even know what a comedy show was. Did she know you were using her card? I think I I think I eventually <laughs> told her. I don't know how. I, I I think she thought I was buying tickets to a movie, an Eddie Murphy movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then she so, just dropped you off, and she's like, "Oh and shit!" And then she's driving me to Seattle from Tacoma, which is forty five minutes. And she's just like, oh "My God, how far is this movie? <laughs> like, why didn't you just get tickets?" <laughs> Across the parking street. And I was like, no. And then she pulled up to the Coliseum and then she was like, is this a concert? And she was so fucking <laughs> mad. Because you got to remember, there's no Uber, there's no cell phones, right? Yeah. So back then, my mom was like, geez, I have to drive around. <laughs> she had to drive around for, for two, two hours. hours. Yeah, she had to wait for us. And then she was like, uh, just at the end of the show, come right here. You meet me on this, look at the street signs. And I had to look at it. She goes, you beat me here, shit. And she fucking drove off, yeah. Your mom is a big part of your uh, your, your stand-up bits, and you had a yeah. lot of influence from her. Is there anybody from your family that, uh, because I want to get into that. Go, go, going, after, going after your dreams is, is tough. And there's a lot of people that fortunately, they don't, they either have people that support him uh, or they don't. And there's a lot of people that don't get that support from their family. And yeah, that's especially a, especially my generation. Really? Of course. You you I think you're you're um a Syrian. No, no, I'm I'm talking about your generation. Like you you're sitting in a cuz you're younger than me. So they came a little later where it was like uh I don't know how to say it, man. It, like I don't even know how to speak uh your lingo. You know what I mean? Like you got to remember like Color TV, Here, here's an example. Cable TV was for the rich when I was a kid. Damn. Now now it's like cable TV is how am I going to turn my TV on? Yeah. You know okay. what I mean? Like my son is like, oh yeah, that's a TV and those are channels. But he doesn't understand that when I was his age, it's like, can we please get the, the premium channels, please? So, you know what I mean? So like what I'm trying to say is it's like, like your generation's different. It's like, 
your parents have seen uh, your generation become successful chasing their dreams. Not all, mm. you know what I'm saying? But, but they know that it's, there's an opportunity there. Mine, there was no internet. So you're talking about, uh, you're talking about immigrants coming to this country because they're trying to escape, you know, the, 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 the poverty and the, 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 the no opportunity where they come from. Mm. So when we leave that, we don't want to have kids here that are trying to be that we got away from that. So when you say you want to be a comedian, like you better get the fuck out of here with that shit. You know what I'm saying? So everybody I in your family everything. was like against it or? Well, no, it's just, it's not against it. It's just, it doesn't make sense to them. Mm. Like, they just want you know, they, they you, do it out of fear. They want you to be successful. Yeah. They, they, they didn't come to this country to have kids to be unsuccessful. To them, you go to college, you get a, a nine to five job with benefits and you retire successful. And then you continue the generation. You know, you, you have your kids and they're going to be fine. And I did my job as a first generation, as an immigrant that came to this country. I'm successful because my kids didn't live the life I had when I was a kid. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely, yeah. So it's like when you tell someone like my mom that I want to go be a comedian, she's like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> go fuck, like really think about it. What age like, were you imagine, when you told her? Imagine my mom like to her, her, like hearing that. Like you don't know what broke is. And I didn't leave broke so you can be broke. Like, that's not how this goes. Like, you are going to be successful. You're going to be a, a nurse. You're going, to be, you're, going to be, you're going to be a doctor. You're going to be, that's, that, to, to us, that is our, our way of saying we are successful. Yeah. You know what I mean? They don't understand, they don't understand the chasing your dreams and all that and being broke and all that. That, that, that doesn't make sense to them. Well, chasing your dreams are risk. So they're just watching two double risks, right? They yeah. risk getting here. And then yeah. now they're, you're like, okay, we won. We're here. We're, yeah. we're doing well. And now you're like, we're putting it all back in. Yeah. So it's, it might be even disrespectful at that point that from their point of view. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's disrespectful. That's why I said, you know, she didn't say go fuck yourself. What I'm saying is that's her attitude. It's like, no. Like, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. Fuck you. Like I didn't risk. I didn't leave all of my family so that you can go have fun in a good time. I left family to do this for you. Now help me feed my family. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what people don't understand about uh, immigrants in this country. They just see an immigrant come to this country and they just go, okay, chill. You're successful. You made it. Now chill. But you don't understand that they left people for this opportunity. And when they get a paycheck, it's not going in their pocket. They got to feed people back home. Like morally, they wouldn't like, they, they can't just like, you know, just, oh, here's my paycheck and now I'm going to go buy clothes and I'm American now. Yay. No, that's not what they do. It's like they send that money home and they got to take care of people. There's a responsibility like that. Like that's what they're supposed to do. And there's people counting on them. So it's like when people see an immigrant, they, they just, yeah, okay, you're working and you got a paycheck. You're, you're happy. Now stop fucking complaining. It's like, no, they got a paycheck and they're also putting like five people to school and they're paying and they're sending food and clothes back home because that's their responsibility. They'll never tell you that. Like my mom never told anybody that, but that's what she does. You know, that's what all of my aunts do. That's why when I did that movie and I show the Balakbayan box, right? Which is in Balakbayan is like a gift box, right? Mm. And, and it's a scene in my movie where we're all filling it up. And yeah, I have to make it funny because we still got to try and make people laugh, right? 
but it's a real thing. That is a real thing that we would do during the holidays. My mom would get this big giant box and we would just fill it up with candy, underwear, perfume, hair dryers, whatever we can send that won't get flagged by immigration. You know what, what I mean? What would get flagged? Well, it's just like, I don't know, like, like I don't want... I don't know how to say, but like you don't want to send like stuff where they're like, oh, are they trying to start a business or whatever? You know what I mean? These are gifts. These are gifts. And this is our way of like, we're not, you know, we're not trying to, you, you, you get what I'm saying. No, I it's totally like, get it, what you're these saying. These are gifts and it's a gift box and it's a block buy-in box. And as a kid, like we were broke, like we were broke. Like we were just like, I remember sitting there and, uh, and it's a joke I talk about on stage, right? And we're just sitting there, right? We're broke. <laughs> we're broke like my mom and dad are divorced my mom has no money and i'm seeing shit going to this box and i'm jealous of you know what i mean like chocolate like nestle's crunch and like to you or whatever uh, like an american would be like what the fuck like big deal it's like no because back home that's everything you know what i mean mm. to get a bag of nestle's crunch chocolate like we laugh because we get it like it's nothing. But to them, it's like, oh my God. You know what I mean? It's, wow. This is something. But then on top of that, we're broke. And I don't even have the Nestle's Crunch Bar. But that says a lot about your mom, bro. Yeah, and that's, that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of families that live in this country that go through that. And it's, it's an emotional fucking roller coaster. Because yeah. as a kid, I felt neglected. And it's not until I got older that I understood like, oh, oh, I was, I was being a little selfish kid. Well, you were young. You were young. Exactly, but 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 like it's it was it was cool to like. I, I'm happy I got to go through that, and and I, and I and I love you know showing my son that side. You know what I mean? Like when we went to the Philippines, he saw that side, and he understands now. But like as a kid, man, I used to go crazy. Like I would just get so jealous of the stuff that would go in that black behind box, man. I would. There's a scene in my movie. I know I keep saying my movie, but there's a scene in the movie where my sister grabs the chocolate and hides it. Right? Did you and do that? that well, that was based on me. Like, you know what I mean? You stole from the donation no, box? But, but yeah, because, no, but my mom would see it and she'd throw it back in and I would cry. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. But like we did that in the movie. And as, as, as you know, it's it, like when you watch it, you'd be like, oh, okay, I get it. But like, that was a real thing. So like, as long as I can hit that note and hopefully someone that's not, you know, you know, that, that, that's not Filipino or, or from an immigrant family when they see that they'll appreciate it you know yeah. what i mean and that's what i want from that scene like i want people to see that and just at least let it let it click in their brain go damn they do that and that's all i want as long as you can say that and and, and think about that then you then you'll find more appreciation when you see like immigrants working in this country that's awesome right yeah yeah that's that's all that is that's that's all i want to do well I wanna, said well said yeah and that's very beautiful. You painted out because people, when they hear their parents are like not supportive, they, they don't know the, the levels that goes into this. It's yeah. not like there's some people, sadly, that their parents are like, they just don't give a shit. Yeah. And that's sad. But then the, sadly, there's, there's people like us. We're first generations where it's going to be like we have these type of backgrounds. So what is it now that you have that obstacle? Mm -hmm. You didn't take no for an answer. Um, were you sneaking around? Were you trying to figure out how to be a stand up? Did you admit to yeah. your parents yet? Like, so I, I couldn't really tell my mom that I wanted to be a comedian. She knew I was funny and she knew I loved stand-up, dude. I could not stop watching stand-up. The greatest moment in my life is the day Comedy Central announced that they had a, 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 a channel on, on basic cable. 
this is crazy to me that you were watching the beginning of this. Yeah, thing. yeah. And I remember when they announced Comedy Central, and and they had no original content. There was no South Park. There was none of that shit. No Daily Show. They literally would just take stand up comedy and just play it. This video is sponsored by AG1. It's a new year and a new opportunity to start fresh. Accomplishing our goals all starts with building a healthy foundation. And that's why I partnered up with AG1 by Athletic Greens. AG1 is a comprehensive daily nutrition made powerfully simple. It is made up of 75 high quality whole food sourced ingredients, carefully curated to nourish all of the body's symptoms holistically. Here's what you need to know. AG1 is a nutritional drink that tastes great and feels even better. Harvested from all around the world, AG1's ingredients shine in such a subtle, sweet taste with a note of pineapple and a hint of vanilla. AG1 combines nine health products working all together as one, replacing your multivitamin, multiminerals, pre and probiotics, immunity support, and more. That means AG1 does more for your body and saves you time, money, and confusion compared to taking multi-unique products. When setting intentions, consistency is key. And with AG1 travel packs, they make it easy to stay committed to your intentions, where you are, and when you need it most. Click my link to get a one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D3K2 and five travel packs free with your first purchase. You can't put a price tag on your health. And now I'm seeing, now it's not the headliners. Now it's the people I don't know. You know what I mean? Dennis Wolfberg and, you know, Brian Regan was just popping, but you know what I mean? But still you had to catch him. You know what I mean? You had to catch him on Comedy Central. He wasn't like big. Oh my God, I keep forgetting. It's like you either watch or you missed it. Yeah, yeah. That exactly. see, to me, I'm not even used to that anymore. Yeah, so it's like, Richard Jenny, like these guys were all just like coming up, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like I got to see that happen, and and I was just, oh, I could not stop watching stand up. So you don't have the internet, you don't have uh -huh. a way to self promote. So now you have multiple obstacles, man. You you have you you need a place to work on your yeah. material. You need uh to you know some type of guidance. Was there anybody who who was like a Joe Coy to you? Because you brought me on stage. I didn't even. I, you saw and th thought that I was funny and yeah. you were like, hey, come open up for me. You literally opened up 10 years of my life of what it could have been uh. and you just gave me a shortcut, which by the way, thank you so much. Even though <laughs> I wasn't even deserving of it, you gave it to me and I appreciate it. Uh. But like, it, was there anybody who was your Joe Coy or was there a, a, a door or an avenue that you took that you were like, yo, this is my opportunity. I need to take it. The, the, there was one comic, his name was Jack and uh, he, he worked at a, the front desk with me and he was like a, he was like a seasoned, he was like a seasoned middler. <laughs> he was like a seasoned middle. He was a middle guy. You know what I mean? But he what was, does that even mean, middle guy? He was never really a headline. He never headlined. Mm. But he would he opened for a lot of people, and uh, and he he uh he saw that I was doing. I was already doing open mics and stuff, right? And um, and he um, uh, he decided to, like do a show on the strip in downtown Las Vegas and he rented out this bar or the bar gave him a night and uh, he goes, I'm going to put you up. So get your five minutes ready. And he put me up and it was Geechee guy. And uh, I can't remember who else, but I remember Geechee guy. And I was just like in awe because he was so good. You can look up Geechee guy. He's still doing his thing. Uh, but like, I remember opening for Geechee guy and him and Geechee walking up to me going, Hey, you're really funny. Like, wow, how long have you been doing this? And I literally just maybe a couple years in, but a lot of open mic, you know, a lot of like yeah. coffee house sets. It's like, 
nothing like worthy of like that compliment you know what i mean yeah and, uh, and when he said that i was just like that's when i was like okay i got this i can do this what age oh my god i think it was 22 and maybe and support team from family yet or like, no, no 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 wow yeah not yet i mean i was like when i did the uh my sister was in this uh that's why i live in vegas because i have a lot of family in vegas that's why i bought a house in vegas and um so my sister was in this competition called star mania where she was singing and it was kind of your whole family's talented by the way they're uh, very very talented thank you so she was singing she was an amazing singer and uh and it was called star mania and it was basically like star search and what the whole promoter's idea was i can put together this talent show and i'll bring it to all these venues like bars right and sell the bar this idea like hey we'll do it on an off night here like on a thursday we'll get a bunch of talent to compete and and we will tell them that it's mandatory that they bring their audience so it's a bringer room mm. so they'd be packed out and that's how the bar would make money you know selling drinks and then you know they would provide the show and blah blah so that's that's so i went and saw my sister perform and uh and they, there was a comedian that went up before her and then she just looked at me and she goes oh my god you're so much better than him. but she had no idea i wanted to be a comedian but she was just like god you're so much better than him like you're funnier than him and that's what she said to me and and then that's when I think I w got up to go to the bathroom. I got the flyer with the phone number. And then I went home that night. And then like the next day I called the number, got the, f the promoter's name or whatever. And I put my name in and they put me in the, in that show. She had no, I, no one knew I was in this competition. So then how did you bring your own audience? I didn't. I didn't bring anybody. Oh shit. You just snuck in. I, no, I, I grew my mustache because <laughs> I was 18. So I had like baby hair on my, my upper lip and I just let it grow for like, cause I think it was like two weeks was my spot and I let it grow. And then I, and I used my mom's mascara and I colored it in, you know what I mean? And I was like, I was so nervous cause it was a bar. It was on Eastern and Tropicana. The bar's still there. The bar's still intact. There's the say the stage is still there. Everything. Uh, it's still the same layout. And, uh, and I, I remember so nervous walking up uh, to the door because I thought they were going to card me and they didn't card me because I had a tie on and everything. Tried to look as old as possible. And, uh, and then I went up that night. I remember in my head, I thought in my head, because the routine that I wrote, uh, I thought they were going to be like, you got to see this kid. He's amazing. You know what I mean? I yeah, thought it was yeah, going to yeah, be like yeah, that, yeah. one of those moments where they're like, you got to see this kid. He's amazing. He's, he's crushing it. And they hold the phone up to the stage. Listen to the crowd. They're roaring. <sighs> yeah, 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 yeah. None of that happened. <laughs> Complete silence. I was bombing. Uh, yeah, it was so bad. Was and it, did I it did hurt? This, or was oh, it like, it was oh, this crushing. is normal? Oh, uh. it was crushing me. My mouth dried up. And I was doing this condom joke, right? This condom joke at the beginning of the set. It just fell flat. It's just nothing. And I just kept going and going. I could not shut up because I was just bombing. You know when you bomb so bad, you just don't want to shut up. You're just like, just give me one chuckle and I'll say goodnight. Yeah. And I just kept going and going and going. And my tongue started sticking to the roof of my mouth. Oh, my God. It was just my whole mouth just dry. And it was sticking to the roof of my mouth. And I literally, this is what I said. I go, I go, hey, your mouth ever gets so dry that your tongue sticks to the roof of your mouth? And I was going to say something funny, right? <laughs> and this, I think, I thought, <laughs> I thought I was setting myself up for, for something crazy good. And then the lady at the bar, some old white lady that was probably drunk, she goes, put a condom on it. <laughs> and the fucking house erupts. So the girl at the she bar crushes. Closed, <laughs> she closed my show. With my joke that bombed, 
and crushed it. She called back my shitty punchline <laughs> and crushed. And I said goodnight to this bitch. <laughs> and I sat down. <laughs> Everyone was dying laughing. They thought it was the funniest shit. Put a condom on it. And it's fucking drinking. And <laughs> I sat down next to the guy that went up before me. And the guy that went up before me was a Lionel Richie impersonator. And he cr- he sounded just like Lionel Richie. By the way, Richie. this lineup is amazing. Oh, was, I want to go to one so of the shows. Sick. Do they still do this I here? I hope no? so, because I'll go do it. I'll fucking I'll come and watch. I'll do the same set, too. Put a, uh, I'll be the girl yeah. at the bar. Put a condom. Put a condom on it. I'll sell shirts. I say put a condom on it. And then, uh, and then the line, I, this is the true story. Uh, I sat next to the Lionel Richie impersonator. I wish this guy would just stumble on and catch a pod because I've talked about this guy like a ton of times. Do you still know where he's at right now? No, I, I wish I did because I wish he would just listen to it and be like, hey, Oh, that was me. Yeah. That was me because this is what he said to me because I, I was like so depressed, man. Like I really wanted to quit. I was like, Oh, I, I don't have it. There's no way. No way. Yeah, man. It was bad. And a fake Lionel Richie. Yeah. It, but this is what he said to me. He goes, He goes, He goes, Hey, man. He goes, uh, you may not have been funny tonight, but I'll say one thing. You got a lot of confidence on stage. He goes, you got a lot of stage presence. <laughs> no, but the, and the, I swear the to God. to that line, hey, man, hey, you may not be funny. Hey, you weren't funny tonight. But I'll tell you this. You got a lot of stage presence. He goes, you look good on stage. And I go, what? And that's all I needed. Really? Oh, man. So he when was he your said- Joe Coy. Bro, when he said that, it was it was a rap. I was like, oh, I'll bomb all the time. Plus, I remember Eddie Murphy saying that he bombed like nine times before he even got a chuckle. I remember an interview where he said that. He was like, I bombed all the time. And I remember I got one laugh, and I was like, ooh. And it wasn't even a big laugh. I remember him saying it. He was like, ha, ha, ha. Like, like just a ha, ha. <laughs> but that's all he needed. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right, yeah. Okay. That's when all did, I need. When did you feel like that you were starting to get hot? Like when you were like, oh shit, I'm catching some heat with this. I know I'm, I'm good at this. I was doing these coffee houses out here in Vegas, right by the school. And uh, it was every Tuesday night. And literally, I would pack that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, like people at my work would just be like, they would ask. They'd be like, hey, are you doing buzzies? And I'm like, yeah. Okay, we're going to be there. Like it was a thing. Where did you work me. at the time when you were doing that? Oh my god, I was working at this place called Alexis Park. It was a hotel. I don't know if it's still there, but it's 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 down by the old Hard Rock Casino. Okay. And yeah, so it's across the street from that, and that's where I was working front desk at that time. So that's that that's when it, I started catching heat. I was like in my twenties, like twenty three or so, twenty four. Damn, that should but, give a lot of inspiration to people in their twenties because I feel like nowadays people in their twenties they feel like they have to figure it out. Uh and I think that 20s is, I just turned 30. Yes. And I think that, and I'll say this to anybody, not, now that I'm 30 and I'm older. Yeah. 30s is your years, you got to figure your shit out. 30s, your I mean, best sorry, not years. 30s, 20s. 20s is the years you got to, you, you just experiment. You, you like, you get to have that opportunity. Yeah. Um, and it's not like back in the day, our parents would get married like super young, like super young. Like, yeah. Like early 20s. Yeah. And now people are like, it, it's more casual to get married around 30s. Yeah. So I, I, I really pressure people like, yo, like don't rush. Like don't rush. Just experience it. And you, you've gave me a lot of, um, you got me, gave me a lot of advice about just being authentic. I think once you figure out your more authentic you, then that's your baseline and you could build off of that. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people go in trying to be or imitate yeah. like that Lionel Richie guy that that's his shtick. But like, there's a lot of comedians that will take bits and pieces from other people and yeah. try to redo it in their way. Yeah. Um, and so 
yeah, like I took that advice and now I was just a little bit more authentic to me. Yeah. But so you catch you catching heat. I want to um I want to talk about I wasn't catching heat. It's just people were people knew I was funny. You know what I mean? Like people knew I was funny in town. And then uh so it wasn't like heat, but it was just like that's that's when I got my first uh paid gig at the MGM when when I was doing this one nightclub. Uh, it was called Beach Nightclub on uh, right right across the street from the Hilton, where you stay, the Hilton. Oh wait, when? what what is it called? That that hotel that you always stay at, the big uh, one. No, the West, what, the no, Elvis Weston? Presley room. Weston? Yeah, yeah. So that used to be called the Hilton. Really? Uh huh. And uh and across the street is this nightclub. And before they they let people come in to dance, this one lady, I forgot her name, but she used to do a a comedy night upstairs by the pool table, and I would go up there and just you know. I'd crush. <laughs> and she was dating this one guy that was the booker of the MGM. His name was Kevin Kearney. And, uh, and he, I remember I walked off stage and, uh, and he goes, I'm going to give you your first week. And I remember that was the best day. I thought, I thought it was over with. I remember when, when I, I called my dad when I went home because it was like $100 a show and it was like 10 shows or something like that. So it was like $1,000 for the weekend. And, like, and and you're you're making money now. I, off of I it. was like, I'm rich, and I'm at the <laughs> MGM Grand, at playing at Catch a Rising Star. You know what I mean? And I remember Eddie Murphy was at Catch a Rising Star. So I'm like, oh, it's done. I'm in. So yeah. like, I'm in. And I thought it was over. I remember calling my dad. I'm like, Dad, I'm in. Like, I'm at Catch a Rising Star. I can play any comedy club in the country. And I was like, that shit did not happen. None of that fucking happened. I think I played Catch a Rising Star like three times. And he gave me a bunch of two-for-one coupons, right? He gave me a stack of two-for-ones. And he was just like, yeah, man, just hand this to your friends. And uh, and every headliner I would open for, he would hand me a stack of two-for-one coupons. I would hand them out to everybody. And then, uh, and then I started realizing that the crowds were the people I was handing two-for-one coupons to. <laughs> and no one was there for the fucking headliner. So I was like, oh, well, then why am I doing this for $100 a show when I can just rent a theater and just hand out a bunch of two-for-one tickets no and shit you just immediately went into business right, mode right right at the top yeah so i went to the i went down the street to uh charleston and maryland parkway or Par i can't remember charleston and maryland parkway and there's an old theater from like the 50s called the hunt ridge theater and this guy that owned it was renting it out you can rent it out for anything <laughs> so i was like oh i'm gonna do a comedy night here and i rented it, it was eight it's like 800 bucks i think to rent it out it was like 800 seats and uh you had to get million dollar insurance i remember i had to get million dollar insurance that was like 200 bucks for that so it was like a thousand and then you know what i did i would go around because i had to pay the comics too right so i would go around and seek sponsorship Right, so but you would, were getting brand deals back in the day. I just, I would just no. I would literally walk up to businesses and like tell them, "Hey, I got this, I got this show, and can you sponsor?" And you know, it, it, literally, that's how and, I would do. So it. you would show them, like, "Hey, I, I know I could gather this amount of people." Yeah, and then if you can, I'll, I'll make, I'll produce a flyer or like one of my favorite things that I came up with was there was eight hundred tickets, right? And uh, there was eight hundred tickets, and. Uh, and I and I there was this, a guy that had an oil change place. He owned an oil change place. His name was uh, Paulo Gata. And I walked into his place, and I was just like, "Hey, I got a comedy show. It's at the Hunt Ridge Theater, which is just right down the street from your your place." And I go, 
I'm going to make 800 tickets at Kinko's, right? Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I told him, I'm going to sell this place out. And I would like to put your business on the back of each ticket and make it a coupon. And I'll tell everyone on stage to hold the ticket and use that. So if you ever need an oil change, keep this coupon and bring it to blah, blah, blah. And he goes, okay. <laughs> swear to God. <laughs> no way. I swear to God. And he, I remember he pulled out this checkbook, like business. I remember seeing this and just like my mouth dropped. Wait, <laughs> he pulled out these Wait. checks from underneath his cash register and wrote a check. Cause I, I charged him a dollar a ticket. For you the got $800. And he gave me 800 bucks and that paid for all the comics. That paid for all the comics, and that I think all I had to pay for were the rooms, and that was cheap, and I got to keep the door. Oh, so you went from like, yo, why am I giving two for ones, mm -hmm. and now I'm racking. I'm racking, and then and then I got so many cool stories, bro. So um, I was a huge fan of like Showtime at the Apollo, right? Mm. Like, and by the way, there was no black content on TV. You know what I mean? It was like the Huxtables. And then some other shows, you know what I mean? Like yeah. if you wanted to see a black comedian, you know, you, we yet one, you had to wait for a deaf comedy jam to even become something. You know what I mean? Like that wasn't, I remember, I can't even remember what year that came out, but the minute that hit the airwaves, people were just in awe because now we're just seeing all of these black comics that no one knew about. You know what I mean? All we knew was like Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, and, you know, just whoever the, the top tier black comics were. And it wasn't that many. You know what I mean? It was like Whoopi Goldberg. It was like not that many. Now with Def Jam, you saw J.B. Smooth. You saw Chris Tucker, Steve Harvey. You know, all these guys that no one knew about is now they're getting their their... Now they're getting their their uh, their flowers, you know. What I mean? Bernie Mac, you know what I mean. These guys did not exist; they were nowhere in media. You didn't know anything about them. There was no internet. You got to remember that. There's no fucking internet. Nah, that's so, why I find it very wild. And also, I feel like our generation is fucking lazy because watching you, like hearing you go through all this shit, yeah. And these motherfuckers don't even want to hit upload. Yeah, it's exactly. at their fingertips. You said 800 people, bro. In my yeah. mind, and, and truly anybody with their phone could reach 800 people yeah. immediately. And you're going to these type of situations where yeah. you're printing out at Kinko's. That's genius, bro. I had bro. to make flyers too. So I had to go to like the mall and stick these flyers inside windshields and get kicked off of the the mall. Like security would kick you off. You know what I mean? Like get the fuck off the, you know, because you're, yeah, putting, you're putting it on the cars. All the cars. Yeah. And, you know, and there was tricks, like, right? So you put four flyers to a page. That way, if you print a thousand pages, you got four thousand flyers. You know, and you had to cut them yourself. Mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, like people don't know that that hustle, but that, that's why to this day I still make flyers. You see me? No, I know. You I know. see me? Like I'm, yeah, I'm You're playing. I'm playing arenas, but I still make fourteen thousand flyers. I will still hand those flyers out. I, I, nothing, I love it. Nothing better than tangible merch. You know, something tangible. People still love that. Like, yeah, the internet is a blessing, but people still love to grab something, just a piece of you. They like to take a piece of you home. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so, it's a memory. It could be a first date. It could yeah. be your first show. And yeah, the, the internet, and you don't want a screenshot. That. No, you don't want a screenshot. No, they want a paper ticket. This video is sponsored by Manscaped. It's time to tame your mane with Manscaped Pro Beard Kit. First of all, it's all going to start with a beard hedger. This juggernaut fixes all faces, and it has 20 hair cutting lengths on one guard. That's right. That means face grooming doesn't need to be that hard. Plus, it's waterproof, so you could take it in the shower and avoid your girlfriend being like, look at all this hair. 
here. You put it. It's in my makeup now. Why did you get it over here? The titanium coated T-blade is tough on hair, but it's smooth on the face. And another thing that they added to this kit that I really love is the beard shampoo and conditioner. Because a lot of men, like me, I'm not even gonna lie, I'll eat sushi or a burger, and then all of a sudden I'm like, hey, do you guys smell that? No, no one smells it. It's on your beard, not anyone else's. So just wash your beard with the shampoo and conditioner. It's gonna leave you moist instead of dry, and it's gonna reduce ingrown hairs, and it's gonna replace natural oils and promote beard health. And for the men that are itching their beards because it's brittle and dry, well, guess what? It comes with a beard oil. And to help style your beard, they threw in a beard balm. This is gonna help moisturize and tame that sexy jaw that you have that has some nice hair on it. The Pro Beard Kit also comes with three free gifts, beard brush, comb, and scissors to ensure that the beard is ready to impress. All right, boys, if you wanna look, act, and smell like a real man, get 20% off and free shipping. Use my code JANKO20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Use my code JANKO20. All right, now back to the show. You know, they want a paper ticket. They want a paper flyer. They want the flyer signed. That's why when people rush the stage, I sign shit. But anyway, like I was, uh, so anyway, so there was like, uh, I was watching Showtime with Apollo and Def Comedy Jam and all this stuff, right? And of course, you know, you know how now you can watch, you can watch rap on anything now, right? You can, rap is like, rap, rap is the most famous genre. Like if you, if you, you know what I mean? Like it's like, but back then it was like to watch a rap video was one in a, it was Will Smith. That was it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was run DMC. Will. Like, like I'm not even trying to be funny. You know what I mean? And it's like, like to catch a video, you had to catch it on a specific show. Yo MTV raps at 11 o'clock at night for 30 minutes. Here's some black rappers. You know what I mean? <laughs> and we'll get back to white rock in a second, but here's some black people. You know what I mean? Like for real. That's what it was, you know, BET's comic view, you know, you had to, you know, or BET, black entertainment television. Like you had to like, that's where you can go to watch like, you know, black entertainment. What I'm trying to say is I was influenced so heavily by it. Like I loved it. Like for, like I didn't see anyone that was like me, but I identified with their stories. Like, you know, black comics like to tell you about, my mom does this and you know, she yells at me this way and uh, uh, we're so broke or blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, th those type of things I'm relating to. That's me. You know what I mean? That I wasn't getting from like a George Carlin or a Richard Jenny. I was getting it from that. So I was identifying with them. I was relating to their stories. You know what I'm saying? So I, I was just influenced by it so much. Like I just loved black entertainment, whether, whether it be hip hop or or whether it be b-boying or if it's were you a, listening to boys to men back then boys to men heavy but that's so crazy you said that Wanye just called me that's what i wanted to talk about that's yeah. kind of crazy like did, did it feel like the, what you're feeling like is how i felt like when i yeah. used to watch you and like i would finish off your sentences and yeah. then now we're doing shows together it to me it's 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 still surreal like yeah. we're sitting I, i'm seeing you but i still remember the me that was like oh that's never gonna happen that's uh, like you're not gonna sit there when you first met him and you used to rock with his music and relate how nuts. did that shit kick off it's crazy he just literally facetiming like it's right there it says wanye morris on my phone it, it's just like he's my best friend now it's like what <laughs> what are you talking about like like during that time when i was you know doing these shows renting out these theaters it was like that was the music I was listening to. Yeah. You know, those that 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 style that they were wearing or, or just any black uh black owned businesses and 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 like hit, uh, fashion, you know what I mean? Like Dada footwear. Like I was so into Dada footwear. Like it, back in the day when 
like Biggie Smalls would wear this tight fitted hat and LL Cool J would wear this tight fitted hat and that brand was called Dada Footwear. I got to tell you this story. So it's like, uh, so I was doing these shows and I was checking, uh, I was working at Alexis Park, right? I was at the front desk and this guy walks up to the counter and uh, he's checking in all these rooms, right? And, I, and as I'm checking in, I look under the company name and it says Dada Supreme. And I was like a huge Dada Supreme fan. Like, remember, there's no fucking internet. I have to always remind people of this. So if I saw a hat that a rapper is wearing, chances are you're not going to find it unless <laughs> you live where that rapper lives, right? Yeah. They, they have the internet where you could just find it, right? Like, so, or go to a magazine, Vibe magazine, and you see it, right? And you try and look for a phone number and call that store. But so much hassle. It was crazy, right? Yeah. So this guy checks in and it's just like, wait a minute, what? And I'm talking, by the way, this is this is the beginning of black owned business, like like fashion. Like this is when that urban fashion started yeah. coming. You know what I mean? Mecca, Dada, uh, Echo, and and you know what I mean? You still remember all the names. Rockaware. Yeah, all of them. They all just Sean John. Just this is the beginning of that. You know what I mean? So yeah, they're they're at this convention called the Magic Convention, Men's Apparel Convention. And, you know, and I'm from Vegas, so I know what this is all about. Like, I know that they come every year and I check them in. And it's a really huge show because, like, all these black celebrities are here. The best parties are during the Magic Convention. The booths are amazing because every booth has, like, a celebrity. Jay-Z's there. Sean John. Uh, uh, Puffy's in there. You know, everyone's there. So it's like, this guy I'm checking in, it's like, this is the hat that I've been talking about. Like, I want this hat. And he's checking in. And it says Dada Supreme. And I just look at him. His name is, his name was, uh, oh man, what was his name? Dwayne. His name was Dwayne. And I go, yo, man, how's it feel working uh, for this guy? He's, he's, by the way, he's paying cash for every single room. It's like $700 a room, right? And he's got like 10 rooms and he's checking in for each day. It's like 1500 or something like that. He's dropping. And I'm like, I'm like, yo, man, how's it feel working for Dada? And he's like, oh, it's dope, man. I love it, man. It's, it's great. And I was like, uh, I was like, dude, I love your hats, man. Like, I love that the hat that that Biggie wears and, and LL wears. He goes, yeah. He's like, I'll, I'll tell my my assistant to come down and and bring you some hats. And now you gotta remember the times, like seeing a, a successful black man at such a young age is like. It's, it's new, you know what I mean? And it's like, this is fashion and this is all new. Like you can't go to Macy's and buy Dada. Like yeah. this is it. This is all fucking new shit that's happening, right? And I'm like, your, your assistant going to bring, yeah, I'll have her bring you a whole bunch of stuff, hats and shirts and all that. I go, dude, thank you, man. I go, uh, I forgot what I asked him, but I was like, dude, like, is it just like, you got to love working for this company, right? And he goes, oh, no, no, no. I go, I go, what do you do for, for Dada? And he goes, I own it. And I swear to God, my mouth dropped. I'm like, how old are you? He must have been in his 20s, right? Yeah. And he goes, yeah, I'm like 20, I think he said 28. He goes, me and my boy, we're working for Pan Am. That doesn't even exist anymore. It was an airline. He was a baggage handler, the guy that throws bags on a plane. And he goes, and we just drew a hat on a piece of paper. And, and we we described how we wanted the hat to fit and how to look, and then we saved up our money. And I think he said that they flew to China on Pan Am for free, right? Because they they get to work they they work for Pan Am, right? So they they flew to China, had the hat designed, right? Yeah. Made about like a 
800 of them or whatever, right? I'm making up the number, but just 800 of them. Yeah. Then they came to the magic convention, couldn't afford a booth because the booths are expensive. Like for a weekend, for a small booth, 20 grand. Easy, right? Oh my God. So back then? He, yeah, it was huge back then. So he goes, we made 800 hats. We took our business cards and pinned them to the lid of the hat and handed them to buyers, right? And he goes, we went back to New York and we had over a thousand phone calls for orders. And it was, that was it. I go, are you serious? He goes, that was it. Was this before or after you figured out about the flyer stuff? This was, I was already doing flyers. Oh my God. Yeah, so yeah. you just met somebody who's on the same wavelength. Yeah, well, he was a genius. He was a genius. Cause now he's already got Biggie Smalls wearing it, LL Cool J wearing it. Like now he's a legit business and, and, and a, uh, you know, he's, he's making a big push in, 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 in uh, fashion at that point. And, and I told him about my comedy show and he goes, Oh, we want to do comedy shows. So let, let us know. I'll give you my number. I'll give you my marketing guy's number. And he gave me Carlos's number. By the way, I'm still friends with Carlos to this day. He's still one of my best friends. And he gave me Carlos's number and he goes, call him. And I go, bet. Right. I think I'm like 25 at this point or 26. I go home and I call this guy. Keep sending me the voicemail. Keep sending me a voicemail. And I was like, fuck. And, I, and then finally I was like, fuck it. I'll just do these shows and I'll go to these stores. I'll just buy some data and I'll wear it on stage, take pictures and I'll, and I'll send it to them. Right? So I, I bought some data gear, wore it on stage. And then I was like, you know what? I'll just wait till the next convention and I'll wait by the booth and I'll bring them these pictures. <laughs> <laughs> right? This is crazy, right? Because my boys, Donnie and uh, Remind, they were B-boys and they were in this crew called Style Elements, right? And they were hired by Tribal Streetwear, which is like, I don't know if you remember Fred Durst and Limp Biscuit, but they used to wear these hats that had a star with a T in the middle of it and that was called Tribal Streetwear. Well, my 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 two roommates at the time uh were b-boys and they would they would dance at the booths at the convention <laughs> it was a crazy time bro so they would dance at these booths and um and uh and i was like i could see because to get into these conventions like thousands of dollars right but they would go in as artists so they had artist lanyards right so what they would go in and then donnie would come back out with two lanyards and put one around my neck every day and that's how I would get into this convention. And I would literally just sit at the Dada booth. <laughs> just waiting. It just with memory. Like I remember what he looked like. And I'm like, I'm going to wait till this motherfucker comes. And I did it. I think I, it, the convention's like five days, what I think. What if he was dodging you, though? Like, no, and, yeah, no, and, no, no, no. Well, he wasn't dodging me. Carlos never picked up the phone. Oh, okay. Dwayne had no idea that Got I was going to do this. Got it. But I was going to wait for him. And I literally, every day I waited for him. I didn't even, I remember I would go to the bathroom and be so mad that I had to go to the bathroom because I'm like, he probably fucking came and left already. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, and then like, I think it was the third day or the fourth day, whatever. And I was just standing there. And now here he comes. He walks in and he's sitting down. And I'm like, I, without even hesitating, man, I walked right up to him. And I think he was in a fucking meeting. I think he was in a buyer's meeting at that point, right? And I literally just tapped him on the shoulder. I go, hey, Dwayne, I don't know if you remember me, man. I was that guy that checked you in. He was like, oh, yeah, I remember the comedian. I go, man, I just want you to know I tried calling Carlos. Uh, you know, he must have been busy. I never got a hold of him. But I just want you to know I went and bought some some gear and wore it on stage. I took some pictures, and I just want you to know, like, I'm repping your shit hard, man. And I just want to give you some pictures. It's like, man, fuck that, man. Carlos! 
And Carlos popped up from behind the counter. He was get over here. And he calls him over. He's like, yo, this that dude. I told you about that comedian, man. Like, let's do something with him, man. He's a good kid, man. Let's do something. And Carlos like, I'm sorry, man. We've been busy. He goes, give me a call next week. Come into the office in LA and let's get this worked out. Did that call go through? That call went through. Okay. That call went through. And uh, I remember uh, he told me to put the, uh, a price sheet together. I didn't even know what a price sheet was. Yeah, what uh, is a price sheet now? I don't like know. Like just it is. how much the cost of a show would be if I were to produce it. And, and I and the Hunt Ridge Theater. Got it. And, you know, that was 800 and then the million dollar insurance and then room and flights and uh, food. And I, and I came out and I remember me and uh, my boy Ariston, uh, Remind, he, he had like this iMac and he was really good at it, dude. He put all these pictures together and shit. And we, we came up with a budget of $5,000. And I was like, dude, that's too much. They ain't going to give us $5,000. There's no fucking way. He goes, all right, let's redo it. And we got, I think we got it down to like 4000 or whatever. And I go, let's do it. And I drove to LA. I had a broken taillight. And I, and I drove to LA. No money, man. And I drove to LA, 2nd Avenue, the garment district. Pulled into this, this, this building, a flat. And this is my first time seeing just black successful people. <laughs> it was just jaw dropping, just Cadillac, Mercedes, Rolls, you know what I mean? Like all these videos, things I've seen in a video mm. during my lifetime. I've never seen this in person. And now I'm like about to walk into like this arena, you know, like this, this is, I've never been. I don't even know what this is. You know, I'm about to meet a millionaire right now that owns a business and ask him for money. And I remember sitting down, uh, Carlos sat me down. He goes, all right, Lance is the other owner of Dada and he owns the footwear division and he's a big comedian. He's, he loves comedians and he's the one that wants to do a comedy show. So he'll be right down. And I remember just sitting there and he came downstairs. He looked like a Greek God, man. He had like this big black Afro, just big fucking afro <laughs> he had these light blue sunglasses on he was like six foot two all light blue all his company just dada that his shoes said dada his jeans said dada and he's the owner you know just imagine that as mm, a kid mm. in your 20s and you're just like huh <laughs> like and he's the same age as you by the way <laughs> and you came with a broken uh, light and, and this guy's clothing is on my favorite rapper's body like yeah you know what I mean? Like, yeah, if yeah, you could yeah. just like, what? Like, Biggie Smalls wears your shit. Like, Snoop Dogg's wearing your shit. Eminem's wearing your shit. And I'm just like, he's like, yo, what's up? And I was like, what's up? He's like, yo, I love your work, man. You funny, man. I seen you on BET's Comic View. I'm like, oh, thank you. And I gave him the my, my thing. He goes, let me see it. And he went, all right, cool. I'm like, <laughs> fuck, I could have asked for $5,000. <laughs> no. And, and he was... He from that day he was just so sweet man he was just so nice and he gave me his company card and we went on producing like shows left and right that's with Dada. awesome yeah and a black owned company by the way legit like you, you hear black owned and you find out like they're not really black owned this was a black owned company his wife was black he was black the accountant was black the whole marketing team was black. The ground, uh, the 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 grassroots fly. You know what I mean? Those cats, uh, the street team, black. Everything was black, and it was just like the most amazing experience I've ever had. They they were sending 
UPS trucks with like 200 pairs of like Dada to my mom's house. My mom was wearing Dada footwear. My mom was wearing Dada shirts. My my stepdad was wearing Dada t-shirts and it was it was so cool, man. That's why I tatted that's why that's tatted there. This that's Dada right here. I tatted them on my arm. That's awesome. Yeah. That's They're really the cool. Big that- part of my career. They they believed in when I, I did Showtime with the Apollo and I won. If you ever watch it on uh on 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 YouTube, like I did the Apollo, right? This is back in the day, like way back when they would boo you right when you walk out. Like if you didn't touch the stump when you walk out, they boo you. Like and the comic that went up before me got booed. And then I had to go and they looked at me and they were like, You ready? And I was like, No. <laughs> and I walked out and you see me wearing a hat and it says Dada Supreme. That's why. It was Dada. They they paid for me to go out there. They when I found when they found out I was doing Showtime with the Apollo, Lance paid for my flight and my hotel room and everything. Now you really wanted it, bro, from passing out flyers to yeah, waiting, man. calling, uh, yep. waiting a whole year to meet somebody, tapping them, yep. driving. Like it, it's definitely, you definitely earned it. it. It definitely was something that you, you wanted and you went to go grab it. Yeah. And you still, till this day, deal with that. Yeah. Can we talk about the Netflix thing or no? Yeah, we can talk about it. We're that good. Is, that is an amazing story. Oh, Till this you. day. So this is, I want to take a, just a, just I want people to pin this in their head. Yeah. Because I think what happens is when people have a lot of success, or, or sorry, when they think they get to success, yeah. that it's going to get easier. Yeah. But it doesn't. No. It gets harder. And it's and, also harder for other people. Like we, I, I think people should also understand that too. It's like, it's hard for some, all of us, but it's also just a little bit harder for other, like, specific people you know what i mean yes of course there's a demographic that 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 has to deal with certain things that you know that you don't see and i'm not do you feel like you dealt with that a lot oh my whole career Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and that's fine i don't care you know what i mean we're 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 moving forward you know what i mean and And you're putting them on your back a lot bro you're one of your passion projects you went to the philippines and that was a very very special project and i had to do that i had to they wanted me to do an hour special, and I was just like, you guys, I have to go to the Philippines. But before we get to them yeah, asking yeah. them, because yeah. th- before they got excited and were like, we want more, yeah. um, I, like again, I want to re- recap this. A lot of people think that when you get successful, you get the money, you get the fame, you get the audience. Yeah. Okay, that's it. Now it's just on cruise control. Absolutely fucking not. One, people want to kill the king. That's mm-hmm. the one thing that people don't even realize. People want to replace you now. People want to put obstacles in your way. Yeah. Um, and there was, and some of them are respectful. And I'm, I'm finding this actually intriguing. Your mother uh, wasn't against you in an, in an, uh, in an, an um, evil way. She was against you in a loving way. Yeah. She wanted you to succeed. Netflix wasn't against you in an evil way. Yeah. It was a strictly business move. They're like, business move. hey, we don't we don't feel like Joe Coy is good for our platform right now. Um, and Not good for it, but they just didn't think that there was an audience. So can we talk about this? Because this gives me goosebumps and I would love for you to dive into this. <laughs> well, I didn't, okay, I didn't understand because I was killing the road game, right? Mm. Like I was killing Could the road game. Could you paint that picture? Like what is your uh, sales look like? What are your, what does your so, year look like? So, okay, so like if you look at a, like if you look at a promoter like if you if you get a promoter to book you in a venue right if you read the fine print it says do not perform within a hundred miles radius of this venue three months prior or even sometimes six months prior to 12 months prior right so depending on who the artist is but like it's a it's a it's a long it's a long if you're going to perform in las vegas right they don't want you to come back here for a 
like a year and a half to the to the arena to this place you're performing they, they or your neighbors you, they don't want you performing anywhere within a hundred miles Why? radius it's just so that the promoter can tap a hundred miles worth of people mm, and okay, reach okay, out to them okay, you know enough, to them enough. they think a hundred miles is not too far to travel for someone to watch a show so that's that's the promoter's mentality right so so especially when you play the improvs, right? So when you play the improvs, they're like, okay, if you're going to play Brea, don't play Irvine for at least 18 months, right? Because it's too close. They're too close. They're, they're literally like 30 minutes away from each other. Which is so crazy to kill. think. I, I know it's normal to you, but like to yeah. me, it's like, fuck no. Yeah. That, that seems crazy as an artist. Yeah. You're like, no, you I'm don't trying to do that. I'm you, trying to do this, but okay, so go on. So, so yeah, because a normal weekend at... The Irvine Improv, you know, the, the maximum amount of seats at the Irvine Improv is five fifty a show, right? Mm -hmm. And if you squeeze some extra tables, you get like five seventy five, right? So so we'll just round up to six hundred. And if you do five shows, that's three thousand tickets in a weekend, right? Yeah. So you don't want to play Brea because you've got to already try and sell three thousand seats in Irvine, right? Yeah. So you, you don't want to like tap into that market. You want to try and hurry up and try and get as many here, and then twelve months later. All right, it's been a long enough. I'll play Irvine now and try and get some people from Brea. You know what I mean? And yeah. I get them to come. You never want to play Brea on, you know, December and then uh, December fifteenth, and then play Irvine December twentieth. That's you're killing yourself. Yeah, it's too close. It's too close. So I was playing <laughs> Irvine for two weeks, right? Doing like. 12 shows all sold out right at 15 at 550 a show right 550 seats so whatever that is whatever 12 shows is like, like let's just round up 8,000 tickets right yeah. and then literally play Irvine the following week right or whatever the week and play like 12 shows there sold out and then play Ontario which is 20 minutes away from there or 30 minutes from there and play 14 shows there all sold out so Pop not star. only are you established but I'm 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 break I'm breaking records like I'm, yeah. I'm killing it. Like so you're the, you're you're taking it to the next level. So that must have hurt. But also on top of that, there's people that had specials that were opening up for you. Yeah, there were comics that were that I was taking on the road that were also getting specials, and I'm just like that doesn't make sense. Like wait a minute, hold on. Not only am I like breaking these records, you know what I mean, <laughs> but like. But the guys I'm taking on on the road are getting a deal. Like what? That doesn't and, make sense. And in no way was I hurt. Like hating. Like that's another thing. Like when you go through that shit, when you hate, it just it'll get worse, right? So well, it's, it's like nothing's gonna, nothing good's gonna come out nothing of you hating. Nothing good's if you hate. Yeah. So and I was proud of them. I was generally proud of these guys that were were getting these specials. I would like I would even tweet it out. You know what I mean? Tell people to watch it. You know, yeah, and right. I, in, in my head, I'm like, mine will come, mine will come. And then so. Netflix makes this uh, this uh, announcement that they're going to make original specials instead yeah. of instead of uh, instead of licensing because what they were doing before that was licensing they were specials. Just, they were getting your special, bringing it on. Yeah, they were they will get someone's and license it for a couple yeah. of years and and play it on their platform. But this in 2015, late 2015, I know this whole thing like the back of my hand. Late 2015, they make this huge announcement that they're going to make original specials and they're going to start filming them in 2016 and they'll air 2017 right so i'm like oh i gotta get on this and they, this is when they started going after everybody right they were yeah. making all these big deals 
Dave, like all the big names. Yeah. We're going to be in this slot. This is the first time they're ever going to have our specials and they're going to produce it and we're going after these people. And it was everybody, right? Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, they're going to ask me. <laughs> they're going to ask me, right? Like, oh, I'm, so you're just I'm, waiting. You know, I was killing it. Like, I'm literally killing it. Like, like. And by the way, he's, he's being very humble. If you look behind me, he has awards all over the place. And if you go to these stand-up clubs, they have his name in gold plaques because no one's touching your ticket sales. So it's not like you're like almost over-exaggerating. You are genuinely breaking records. Yeah. So it was okay. crazy. And um, so I didn't understand. I'm like, wait. And I kept calling my manager. I'm like, have they even called or anything? It's like nothing, no call, no nothing. <laughs> and then, uh, and then they kept saying they were going to come see me, and then, and then they would like right at the last second cancel. And I'm like, what? I remember I was at the Irvine Improv, and I was getting so excited. And they were like, okay, we'll come and see the set, and I'm like, all right, sweet. And then right at the last second, they cancel. I'm like, and you still fuck? had to perform. Yeah, I still had to perform, but then I was just like. Dude, if they would have just saw what I did and just see these numbers and see the demographic, like see this audience, it's not one demo in here. It's everybody is in here. Yeah. You know what I mean? If they could just see it. And man, they would not come out. And then finally we just get the phone call and they said, uh, yeah, um, uh, we're going to go ahead and pass on Joe. Our whole lineup is already booked for the year. So the 2017 roster is done. We got everybody that we want. We're going to start shooting in 2016. And we, we, every slot is full. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, all right. I was, I was heartbroken. I, I felt like I wanted to quit comedy. No way. I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, literally, I was just like, I think I'm going to take a break. I'm 45. I've been doing it for since I was 18. And, and, and still I can't get that break i was always like right there i was right there on the edge of the cliff you know what i mean it was about to like my career's about to jump it's gonna take off can i ask you a question yeah you're you're killing it in the sales so the financing yeah. is blossoming yeah w was it just did it feel like because they didn't want to even yeah. have a conversation you're like there's always just gonna be a roof on yeah it, it, i was like oh there's something other so there's something other so then like like Soul crushing. Yeah, it's soul crushing. And yeah. it's like, okay, so you don't want to see what I do and you don't care. You don't care to hear it. You just, I don't exist. So mm -hmm. then, okay, then fuck it. Why am I doing this, right? I'll continue doing stand-up, but I'm not going to pursue this shit anymore, right? And uh, and then that's when my manager, Joe, is like, fuck it. Let's just shoot it ourselves. And I was just like, man, why do we got to shoot it? You know what I mean? Why do we got to shoot it? With no no guarantee. Like they they already said that the roster is full for 2017 and they even said we'll look at you 2018. Mind you, it's still 2015. It's like December 2015. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now they're talking about seeing me in 2018 for 2019. I'm like, "Bro, I'm going to be 50 by then." <laughs> Like no, and also I, it's, it's like kind of disrespectful now. at that point. Like yeah. you have to, you have to, you, in your mind, you're like I have to bite one now. Like yeah. I have to, I have to do something that I know I don't need to like yeah. prove myself. Yeah, I, I've already proved myself. Yeah, I was just like, just yeah, exactly what you're saying. But I, and 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 that and that's when I was just like, come on, like this this can't be happening. And, and my manager was like, you know what? Let's just shoot it ourselves. We got the money. Let's do it. And I remember I was mad about that. But then uh, I was like, all right, let's go. And I had to find a director. So now I'm watching all these specials and just watching them for the direction. 
mm. the look. And uh, and then they presented uh, who I love the most, Shannon and Michelle. And uh, and I, I just remember saying, yeah, I'd, like, I'd love for them to come see me if they can. And they came and saw me, right? Uh, in D.C. I sold out this theater in D.C. And they came. They flew out from New York to see me in D.C. And, uh, and when I got off stage, both of them just looked at me like, please let us shoot this. Oh, that's <laughs> They're awesome. like, please let us shoot this, please. And then, and then, and then uh, Michelle said to me, she goes, I'm going to be honest with you. When they said that Joe Coy's looking for a director and a producer, we were like, really? Why? Like, that's what they said. Yeah. Like, and, and she goes, and I feel so bad that we said that because we would have never known. We were just going off of what other people were saying and we're so happy that's you came big. to see it. That's yeah. big. And she goes, and we came to see you and we're like, oh, yes, this needs to be shot. And they took a huge pay cut for me too. So I'm always going to be forever loyal to Michelle and Shannon. And uh, they're the greatest directors, by the way, and, and producers. Is they're this live greatest. from Seattle? This is live from Seattle. By the way, one of my favorite stand-ups of yours, period. Oh, it, it was thank you. brilliant. And it was shot now, I know, yeah. from who, but it was shot beautifully. Yeah. So so we she they decided to do it. Well, they asked to do it. And I was like, yes, please. And that was like February 2016. We shoot it like April. You know what I mean? Mm. We shoot it April of 2016. We go to Seattle. I rent out the Moore Theater. I shoot in Seattle because I'm from Tacoma. So I was like, I'll do it there. We sold two shows out and uh, at the Moore. And uh, I remember I had my director's hat on, man. I was like, well, we got to show the second balcony, so we need to move that stage back. And we got to put this camera down here, down low. I, I was doing all kinds of shit, man. Yeah. Like I didn't even know I had this in me. And I was calling all these little shots, and, and, they, and, and they were letting me. They were letting me be very you know, involved, right? And, um, and then we shot it, and then we cut it up. And we were done cutting it up in... Like by the time we were done cutting it up, it was like September, right? And then after that, that's when we shopped it around. And I, I remember Comedy Central already offered me something, but I never wanted to be on Comedy Central again. I was like, no, like I don't want to, my first two special, specials died there. They didn't even promote it. So why would I give you a third? So I turned it down, right? <laughs> and Netflix turned me down after I turned down my special at Comedy Central. And now I shoot this special and I'm like, okay, let's bring it to Comedy Central. We'll get an offer. Because I remember when I cut this special, when I cut Live from Seattle, I remember in the editing booth, I was like, oh, this is a fucking special. I was like, this is fucking good. And, uh, and I'm like, they're going to want this. Oh, I didn't even tell you what I they said. I was about said. to say, dude, how Holy did you miss fuck. the biggest part of this oh, story? Oh, this is the worst part of the story is when we get all the cameras in at, at live from C uh, for Live from Seattle. We got all the cameras in and, and we're ready to go and we get a phone call from Netflix. Right before you shoot. Right yeah. before we shoot, Netflix calls us. Someone from Netflix calls my manager and goes, hey, we just heard that Joe Coy is shooting his special and we just want you to know that we really don't want it. <laughs> Can I take a second, bro? Not only did they say no, that we're not gonna come see you, but you had like that balls to be like, nah, they don't fucking know what I'm bringing. I'm gonna shoot that shit. Putting your blood, sweat, and tears, your own financing, money, my own money, your own money. You, you're, you're scouting your own directors. You're even helping with the direction. You're doing all this stuff. You got this. You have your baby boy with you. He's upstairs in the green room. You have this. I'm just painting a picture because I, I generally was blown the fuck away. And also, I want to let you know, deep yeah. down in my heart, I swear to God, bro. Yeah. Ever since you told me this part, I was like, 
I'm never fucking, I'm going to deal with all the shit because that hurdle is like, I don't know what it would do to me if I did all of this because finances is a big thing in people's hearts. So yeah. spending your money is your life, right? Yeah. Then you're putting your name on your reputation. Yeah. You're sacrificing everything right before you get the fuck on stage. Hey, we just want to remind you. No. Yeah. They legit said that. That's fucking crazy. That, and, and no disrespect. Like, I, I I appreciate that. They just wanted to be, like, free and clear. That's right? a beautiful story on both accounts. Yeah. And they were and just the way, like, cool hey, for look. Netflix. Yeah. They were like, hey, look, we heard you're shooting it. We really don't want it. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't want you to think that maybe we said there might be an off chance if you shoot it yourself that we want. We clearly cannot... <laughs> buy the special from you there's no room on our roster and we're just we're passing and and i remember when my manager told me that and my agent i cried and i was just like this is so fucked up you cried before you went on stage bro people were getting dressed on dates to go yeah. see the, this funny guy and make them laugh yeah but he's in the back crying yeah because i have all my money invested all of it all <laughs> i'm, of I'm it. laughing now it's not no. a laughing matter but i have all my money those cameras are not fucking cheap bro did you record behind the scenes of this shit yeah we got we got some not really because it was it was a tight budget but i mean it was a lot of money and i remember my son was in the room and i'm just like i'm 45 <laughs> and i'm like this is bullshit like this is not fair you know this is not fair and the first the first show didn't go too well i was I, I was in my head a lot and then i went upstairs and then my manager and my my agent was just like hey man treat this like every fucking club you crush yeah have fun don't worry about what netflix said just kill it and we're gonna sell it and if we don't sell it to netflix we will sell it to somebody mm. so don't worry about it and i literally like literally when i walked out there that's the attitude i had and i was improvising a lot there's so many like stuff i said in the beginning that was all ad lib that i never did before like when i said elevate the feet like i i always remember that joke because i made it up on the spot and i remember when i did it and i and i said elevate the beat lip lip and, and the crowd started dying and that's when i was like oh i got you guys i mm. got this one it's, it's a wrap i got this one so I knew I was in that zone. You you crush it. You're, yeah, you're in the room. You're cutting it up. I cut it up. You're watching it back, and you're yeah. feeling like this is great. It's fucking amazing. Was there a part of you that's like, <laughs> I don't even want to turn this into them, or you like, oh no, I'm still gonna no, turn this. No, I I was like, if they see this, they're gonna buy it. Mm. That's exactly what I said. When they see this, they're gonna fucking buy it. There's no way you could say no to this special. There's no way it has everything you want. You know what I mean? It, it, everything you want in this special, it, it's there. My my feelings, my 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 emotions. It's it's the culture, it's, the everything. culture, everything. It's everything topical. It's whatever you want is in this fucking. Was that thing. one of your favorite specials you've it's done? It's my favorite. Yeah, it's, it's my, my favorite. favorite. I just yeah. don't want to say anything because I don't yeah, know how yeah. to say that in front of an artist. Yeah, it's, it's my, my favorite. favorite. Yeah. I've watched it maybe ten times. If you guys haven't watched Live from Seattle, is one of the greatest stand up bits or uh, or. Uh, uh, specials yeah. ever i've ever watched um thank you so please like fast forward us so, to the point so where now, you send it so now, <laughs> so now remember comedy central said asked me if i wanted a special i turned it down because all i could think about was netflix why was that it's just because you just didn't want because they shelled new, my right? first two they shelled my first two. Oh, so and those were great i thought don't make a angry was amazing and i thought i thought lights out was fucking brilliant you know what i mean and 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 they didn't give it anything like are they just, out now? Well, yeah, they're on Amazon, but they they blow up. You know, just be posting these bits now, and now mm. you can see mm. if you guys would have just played this goddamn special. Look at this, 
but anyway, that's in the past. But I, <laughs> I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to shelve another special. You know what I mean? And give them the rights to it. So I wanted this on Netflix. <laughs> so we turned down their offer for my third special. And then we were like, "All right, let's let's just let's just show Comedy Central this special and see what they say." <laughs> so we give them the special, and then right away, the minute they got the special, they just called us and went, "No, nah, we we already offered Joe," and he said, "No," so we're good. It <laughs> just hung up. We were like, "Oh fuck, man, I'm so, I'm sorry." I'm so, Hello, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. It was a bad decision. I'm sorry. Hello. I but, put all my money into this. I just need, can you just give me my money back? <laughs> Whatever I spent. You can shelf it. You can shelf it. Just give you me can shelf it again. Just give me my money back, please. I'm broke. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I love the <that laughs> echo too. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Anyone? So they turned it down. They were just like shit. And I remember my heart started pounding, and I was just like. I was like, don't don't shop it around. Just just submit it. Just give it to Netflix. I told my agent. He's like, no, no, no I'm going to shop it around. I was like, no, please, Matt, please. <laughs> just, I don't even want to go anywhere else. I don't even care what they offer or, or even if they offer. You know what I mean? Like, just hurry up and give it to Netflix, please. Because if they see this, they're going to want it. Believe me, they're going to want it. Well, they knew they, they were going to want it too. And they we submitted it. And literally, no more than 30 minutes, they were like, don't shop it anywhere. We want to put in an offer. And I'm like, motherfucker. Mother Did you cry? Be honest. Hell yeah, I cried. <laughs> where I know you, exactly where, were you? where I cried. Where were you when you I got the call? I was about to go. It was, it was Thanksgiving. It was the day before Thanksgiving. And we were in Santa Monica about to eat with some friends. And I got the phone call at like 10 o'clock at night or 9 o'clock. Whatever. It was dinner time. And I get the phone call. And they go, Netflix is putting in an offer. Congratulations. I started crying. That was a year of my life of just being stressed out a year, like a year, like three months of just like, you know, fooled out. You know what I mean? Just like why I, I remember while we were like shopping, uh, or, or looking at the budgets for cameras and venues and just like, just seeing how much the goddamn, the logo behind me was like $12,000. And I was just like, God, dude, like I remember saying that, like fuck twelve thousand, like fuck man, like okay, I guess, like you know what I mean? Oh, do you want to put you want to put uh, you want a shiny floor? Or just keep the old floor that that's there. How much for the shiny floor? It's like four thousand. Fuck man. <laughs> All right, we should get a handheld. But it was worth. We it. should get a handheld camera. How much? I mean, you get a camera. It's like you know, to rent. It's like like five grand, fifteen grand. So we play with the operator. <sighs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so much fucking money. So much fucking money, dude. But thank God. Yeah, thank God I did that. And I, and everyone should do that. Invest in yourself. Yeah. If you really believe in yourself, invest in yourself. Believe in yourself, invest in yourself. If you don't, don't believe in yourself, and, don't. And, and, and by the way, you know what I hate the most, George? When someone cries to me about how they're not making it yet. And I just, it's so fucked up, but I literally look at them and go, can you get away from me? 
I can't. I've made it. Get no, away. No, 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 Ew, ew. Get no, away. No, no, get no, your no, non-buying no. special off the fucking couch. No. Get out. No, you're getting what I'm saying wrong. <laughs> no, I'm fucking you're, with you. I know what you're saying. No, no. I, I, d- please don't tell me how hard anything is. It, 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 don't. That's why I told you. Yeah. It shaped the way I look at shit. Bro. Bro, for real. Don't cry. Please go to anyone else. Go to someone else. That thinks like you, but to, please don't don't DM me, don't don't text me, don't walk up to me telling me how hard it is, and it's just blah blah blah. It's like it's only figure it out, figure it out, bro. Because yeah, out. it is hard. No, figure it's it hard out. for all of us, bro. Yeah, but nobody gave you that shit. Bro. No one gave me it, and and no one will give it to you. Well, and if they do, <laughs> you gave it to me. <laughs> No, but you're still trying to do it. Yeah, of course. I'm not going to, yeah, you're, you're still doing it. And that's, that's what I love about you. Your passion. Like I know. Okay. So when you, when you reach out to me, it's like, I see a drive, right? Like Mm -hmm. I know it's like, okay, you're a different person. No, I'm there. If you want it, I'm there. Yeah. Like today I got in the car and immediately went to the airport, bought tickets for everybody. I was like, yo, we're doing it. We're doing it right now. And the one thing I said to you, I said, I will not waste your fucking time. Yeah. Even though that. My shit broke twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, but you know what? I, I I feel like the obstacles are always gonna make it a little bit sweeter at the end. Because yeah. if you just get it, you yeah. don't appreciate it. Like, okay, let's talk about these two things behind me. Like, cause like, <laughs> by the way, I was like, Joe, this is a little much, bro. This is like, oh really? This is you're the one that did it. I was like, Joe, this is we're this is we're in your house. Every you gotta put your awards, and he's just sliding. He goes, shut the fuck up, shut yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just I'm just kidding. Here, man. I, I I put it there because I'm I'm very proud of my friend here. I want to um talk about this one right behind me, so yeah. my neck doesn't hurt. Could that you- one was amazing. That one was amazing, bro. Which is now four each now. That that's when it was two each. So that's two at the Chase Center. Yeah. That that's when I first did the Chase Center. I sold the Chase Center out in like less than an hour, I think. Was this your first stadium? That was that was that's when we did Chase Center in you know where the Golden State Warriors play. I watched you here. Um, you did? No, I watched you at the Forum. The Forum. Yeah. The Forum was ridiculous. I was gonna play Staples, right? Mm. Staples wanted me, and then but the Forum wanted me too. And I was like, uh, they were like, just come, just come and see what we're all about. <laughs> and I went, when did you figure out you could do stadiums? Arenas when, you know, when, when life from Seattle dropped, like I was already selling out, right. Yeah. I was selling out, but there was this different kind of sellout when life from Seattle dropped. It was like, it was like, Hey, I'm playing Connecticut. <laughs> and it was, <laughs> it was sold like, so, literally. <laughs> Yeah, and, and and it was literally like that. It was dude, like, dude, I, I I was opening up for you, and I, all of a sudden I see my my friends and family walking in, and I yeah. go, motherfucker, bro! I told my mom not to tell anybody, bro. I was fucking heated. I was like, bro, yeah. I don't want to fucking perform my first time in front of my family and friends. Yeah, none of them knew I was performing. Oh, you're kidding not me! One of them. Remember, we took pictures. Swear, everything. not one of them knew I was performing. No way. I swear. No, they saw you on the podcast. Yeah. And uh, they got really excited and they just watched live from Seattle and they're like, oh, he's coming to Arizona. So they they literally were just became and fans and bought no tickets. no idea that you were there. No idea. That's when I, And nuts. you know how cool that was to walk on stage and watching them go like, the fuck? Jody, what? Why are you? No, they're not Filipino. <laughs> <laughs> no, that'd be weird if they're Filipino. Oh, judge. <laughs> <laughs> not caveman either. No. <laughs> Uh, no, but, and you know, it was really special because you, I opened up for you in my hometown, Arizona. Yeah. That was really cool, bro. Yeah, Can it I was ask fun. you something? What makes you, cause like you earned this shit, right? Like you were, you fucking 
crawled your way to the fucking top. Yeah. What makes you, um, and I'm not going to, respectfully, not going to bring up the other people that you've helped out because I don't know if you mentioned it or anything, but people like me, for example, what makes it like, yeah, let me help you get there because a lot of people that had to like really fucking claw their way to the top and yeah. get the nose from family members, Netflix, everybody's like, nah, 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 nah. They kind of have like this bitter sensation yeah. of like, no, I don't want to fucking help you, bro. Go fucking crawl out of the mud yourself. Yeah, I don't know what that is. There's a lot of them. Mm. I don't get it. But why is it that you don't be like that? Because there's enough for everyone. Mm, okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Everybody I could eat. It's not going to take away from your plate. No. There's so much food for everybody to eat. This is the biggest buffet. It really is. I, I always say this. I always say this. There's what? There's Let's just say there's 9 billion people, right? Yeah. Right? There's 9 billion people. You can put all 9 billion people inside. Texas. No, the Colorado Rockies. And guess what? Everyone gets to be on top of a mountain. Wow. Their own mountain their own mountain and and in this business everyone thinks oh i'm the king of the hill this is my mountain. i don't want no one else to be up here and they keep pushing everybody down keep pushing it but but people just keep climbing up and then eventually everyone that you keep pushing down someone gets up right you know when you were doing this yeah. i felt like it takes more i swear i while watching that this, takes, more, takes more energy than doing this or doing this yeah or hey yeah you get what i'm saying yes mm. i don't know why people don't understand that you can fucking this 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 is way easier and also Less not effort. for nothing. If this you're shit, you got to think about this. Wait, where's he at? <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Okay, let, let's shit on him real quick and make sure he can't do anything there. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let's talk shit about him. Like Now you're, you're all the energy that you could be spending on yourself, you're spending on this person. And everyone thinks that when they shit on people that it's going to like ruin their, like, like oh, I'm going to talk shit about this person on the... I got this radio interview. Uh, I'll be on, a, I'll be on a, the Woody show right mm. woody show plays in like i don't know 20 markets right syndicated millions of people listening right and uh i'm gonna go on there and promote me joe coy right but instead i know that there's this one comic that's trying to perform at this one spot so i'm gonna go on the woody show and just talk shit about this one comic right that's what these guys do right they go and they go on the woody show for like for an hour just that whole hour this is all they talk about they say the other guy's name they're promoting Steve this, Steve that, Steve sucks. Steve's a piece of shit. Man, go check out Steve. Go to YouTube right now. Check out Steve. Seriously. You think Steve's a piece of shit? Look at Steve right now. Go to YouTube, Steve.com. Go see. Fucking one hour you just told two million people about Steve. That whole hour, you didn't say anything about Joe. <laughs> and that's what negative energy is. You think you're doing something and you're not. You're yeah. just promoting. You thought you were going to end his career, but you promoted his career. Yeah. And guess who they don't know about? The guy talking about Steve. <laughs> you you just went on the air for an hour and talked about Steve. And everyone driving to work is going, huh. And you, they'll go too. No, what's his, what's his Instagram? What's his At Steve? And guess what? Some of them are going to be like, kind of like this guy. <laughs> Even if 20% stays. That's a new 20% yeah. audience that he never had. Yeah, but guess what they're not looking at? You. Because you. Mm -hmm. you didn't even talk about you. Yeah. So go ahead and keep talking about me. <laughs> Did you have, you don't have to mention any names, but was there any people that like were uh, in the game? Because bro, the one thing that they don't know about, like yeah. I didn't even fucking know about, yeah. stand-up's pretty fucking cutthroat. Yeah. It's a doggy dog world. Yeah. These motherfuckers ain't funny behind stage. <laughs> Nothing's funny back there, bro. And, and to be honest, like, 
I thank God every day for my positioning because uh, I came in blessed. I came in from the backside of it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people from stand up, they're uh -huh. they're trying to become somewhat recognizable or successful. Yeah. I came from being recognized and successful. Now I'm like trying to practice the art. Yeah. And that's why every time I was there, I always tell the comedians like, hey, like, thank you for letting me share your stage. Like, just let him know I'm not I'm not sitting here acting like I earned this shit. Yeah. Just because I'm successful in this lane doesn't mean I earn it here. Yeah. But my God, they were quick to let me know real quick, real quick. <laughs> yeah, real yeah. fucking quick. Uh comedians are 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 all over, it's a wide range. Like yeah. I didn't not know how it's like a music genre. There's yeah. different genres, but some people come from like a broken background where they're like hurt and they're yeah. using their hurt comedy. And when you're watching their comedy, it's like ah ha ha ha. But then when you go backstage, they'll they're like won't talk to you. They'll cut your time out. Did you get this shit growing up? On the come up, no, no. Oh, people just fucked with you. Yeah, I mean it was crazy. Like I came up we were all coming up at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the guy I'm talking about, <laughs> this guy, that, that guy, he, I don't want to say his name because like I said, I don't want to You can say it, I'll beep it. No, 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 no. I, Do I, I know I, him or no? Yeah, everybody does. But it's just like, I, there's no reason to talk about that. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like he spent his energy trying to put a lot of comics down. And, uh, and what ended up happening is... A, like I said, everyone gets a mountain, bro. You yeah. know what I mean? We all get one. We eventually get our own. We're not trying to go. Everyone thinks like, oh, we're only going after one mountaintop. It's like, no, man. We all get our own fucking mountaintop. We all get it. I like that uh, the analogy you used. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, man. It's Everybody like, gets look, their own mountain. Everyone gets one, bro. There's not enough mountaintops in this world. There's not. There's, there, there's, I mean, there's not enough people. There's, there's too many mountaintops. That's what I'm trying to say. It's like everyone thinks there's just a few. Oh my God, I'm here. So now I got to stay up here. So I ain't help nobody. And it's like, all right, well now look, now look where you're at. It's like, what was that for? I don't give a fuck. I will promote anybody that I think is funny. If you're funny, I like you. If you're not funny, I'm not going to promote you. I'm not going to talk about you too on the radio. I'm not going to promote you <laughs> at all. But if you're fucking funny, I'm telling the fucking world. I, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that has nothing to do with my audience. You think my audience is going to be like, wait, you said who's funny? Bye, Joe. <laughs> and they just leave? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about, bro? Nah. So you're at the top of the mountain and you're, and you're watering the gardens for everybody else to have their own fruit, right? Mm, yes. Um, which, you know, I, and I you could join me at the same mountaintop. Yeah. When yeah. I was at Madison Square Garden, I had four guys. I never put people on the stage with me ever. Uh, you know that mm. I, I got to either like you or you or I only want one guy with me. Yeah. I only want one guy because I only want that 15 minutes to just keep, you know, just breaking the ice, get introducing you to comedy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know you're all here for comedy, but it still needs that little buffer. It just needs it. You know, everyone needs an opening act. And I get it. No, I. you don't need 15 opening acts. No. No one's, there. Why no one's there to see comic three. Yeah, by the way, that's why I was blown <laughs> away. Because when I got there, I thought like, oh, there's going to be a ton of people here. Nah. And you just sat there Never. and you were giving me notes. And you know what? You were, you were, you were like teasing me in such a older brother way it was there was this one line that always sticks in my head i'm about to go up and you're like listen bro the end of the day and this yeah. is by the way they just called my name they're throwing on the music i'm like about to go he goes dude, 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 dude before we go on this is really gonna help you listen go on there you do good you do bad they'll forget about you when i come on stage <laughs> I just thought I fucking died. I was like, honestly, that's helped me a lot. 
And I went on and I, and I did yeah. pretty good for my first time, man. And, and that's when yeah. I knew. I was like, shit, dude, I really. And by the way, it, if I had to give by up the way, everything. I did that to every comic that opens for no, me. No, I know, I know. I, I can tell that you're, you're, you, there is no jealousy in your mm. heart, bro. You really want us no, to do well, I bro. Tell, I tell every comic in front of me, please get a standing O. Mm. Get it. Get it. Get all of them to stand, please. And I'm going to get them to stand again. I want to talk about one thing because I just yeah. recently learned about this. We were in Vegas. Here, we're in Vegas. Uh, you asked me to come and do a theater. Um, yeah. And I was super excited and super nervous. By the way, nobody fucking told me that a club sound is different from like when people laugh yeah. uh, versus a theater. It just sounds like it was empty and I thought like I was terrible. I thought I was <laughs> fucking bombing. Uh, but I was like, fuck it, I'll just send it. And then in, that's when I met Enrique. Yeah. Um, and then I went backstage and I met Tiffany Haddish yeah. with you. And it was like, bro, that was a very special moment for me because I'll tell well, you why. Hi. You two are very, very successful in your own lanes. Yeah. But... From a outside looking in, you guys are like the performers. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't see you being normal human beings. <laughs> and you just crushed this show. She came on. Then you guys did this thing together. It was yeah. giving me goosebumps. Then you guys started talk. I learned about this sitting in in your seats watching you. Yeah. Bro, you guys had a crazy story growing up. Yeah. How come do you not talk about this? Or am I? Oh, well, we do. Uh, we've done it. We st we st said. We've There's told not that many people that go from both being broke as fuck. Yeah. She was watching your baby while uh, while she was upstairs watching yeah. your kids changing his diaper. Yeah. While you're practicing jokes downstairs, and now you guys are both in movies, huge specials. Yeah. You guys are selling out a ring. Dude, this is fucking crazy. Isn't that like, crazy? How does that feel to watch Buying your friend hot and you dogs, street hot dogs after a performance? Is it because you couldn't afford other? No, we couldn't afford shit. I was working at Nordstrom Rack at that time. I had like three jobs when I was at the Laugh Factory, and still handing out flyers every show. I'd hand out flyers. You know, every comic. Like if you see like some like some comics from back in the day, and, and it, ask them about Joe Coy, they'll say that every single one will say the same thing: the flyers, oh, yes. handing out flyers. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I always go like, you guys know Joe. By the way, that's my always open. Again, yeah. I know Joe Coy. Yeah, he's my he's my friend. And like they're like, oh, I feel like if they know that you know me, they yeah. will fuck with me. Yeah. And everyone would say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flowers, uh, flyers, flyers. And yep. then Dane Cook did a uh, uh, like links, like MySpace shit or something like that. Yeah. So those are the two like, but you guys are self promoting. Yeah. Ah, oh, dude, that's really crazy. Thank you so much for uh, for sitting in 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 your house <laughs> with 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 me, bro. And I and I again, bro. I really do apologize for the the technical difficulties. No, I love it. Um, I love you so much. Man. I love you more. And I and I I pray that you, not only you get more fruitful, but your bloodline is like endlessly fruitful. Your children, like your 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 son, your sisters, they're the most sweetest, most down to earth, most loving. You could tell who somebody is with the people around them and. I swear to you, bro, when I look at you guys, I see my family. Like I, I would literally drop anything ever to be with, there for you guys. You're unbelievable. I love you. Thank you for being my first guest. Thank you for being my mentor. Thank you for being a good person that people could look up to and be like, you don't have to be a piece of shit when you're on top. Uh -uh. So thank you in so many levels. Bro. Oh, I love you, George. I love you, bro. You're I'm, such a great I'm going to give you a hug right now. No, this long it. couch is going to be very yeah, yeah, awkward. Yeah, yeah, We'll meet in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, you so much, bro. I love you. You're the best. That was fun. That was really fun. Right, oh, did actually, we record any of that? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't, did we? We did. Better. No. That, it, bro. I'm just kidding. Fuck <laughs> us. Uh, can I? I want to. So this is all film, right? Yeah, this is all. But you know what?